Good morning. It's good to see y'all this morning. Y'all sound like my Wednesday morning Bible class. Y'all are just, yeah, no, I'm glad that you're enjoying each other. And that's one of the reasons that we enjoy our fellowship at church. And it, it, we're even glad that you're watching. We're fellowshipping with you, if, whether you know it or not, if you're watching live stream with us today. Say hello to us and write where you're worshiping with us from because we like, we like when people say hello to us. I got a couple of announcements to remind you of today. First, let me draw your attention to these gorgeous, beautiful flowers. They are in memory of Robert G. and Charlie Nell Johnson for their birthdays. This is their birthday month, and every year uh, uh, the family does. Thank y'all so much, because those are absolutely gorgeous, and it really enhances our, our sanctuary and our worship. Thank you for that. Now, today is the day uh, we have some big stuff going on. Right after worship today, uh, Miss Catherine needs all the helping hands she can get. This is the first VBS work day that we're going to have. Lunch is going to be provided, and uh, she needs help doing a little bit of everything. If you can stay around and help with that, lunch will be provided. Thank you for your help. Just FYI, June the 5th through the 8th will be uh, vacation Bible School. If you haven't already registered or you know somebody who has kids that would love to come and do that, remind them you can go on our website uh, or on our app and you can register. Talk to Miss Catherine if you would like to help with that. Um, tonight at 5 o'clock, our board of stewards and church leaders and anybody who's um, involved in a ministry team of any kind uh, is invited to come to, we'll probably do it in the um, upstairs in the, in the gym, uh, our onboarding. And this is a process where Pastor Sherry Reynolds, the new pastor, will come. We have a, a mediator who's uh, Sherry Ferguson from the conference that's going to come and help us. Uh, the new leaders and the new pastor get to know each other, get on the same page maybe. And, and this is um, in hopes that um, that uh, things will be up and going in, in her mind and in the church's mind on day one. So that's tonight at 5 o'clock. This coming week we have our, is our usual meetings. Monday, 5 o'clock trustees. Tuesday, 5 uh, finance and 6 o'clock board of stewards. Um, just um, we have a wonderful, beautiful bulletin. Go and check it out. Go online, check it out. Download the church app. Lots of stuff on there. So let's prepare our hearts now for worship.
in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be. Now, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's continue to worship God by the giving of tithes and offerings. Let us pray. God, every good and perfect thing comes from you. Every blessing that we have, we are thankful for. Take these now, our tithes and offerings. Take our very lives and make them be an offering fit for you. Use us, use these tithes and offerings to be blessings to others. In Jesus' name, amen.
before you sit down, <laughs> before I'll, I'll caught you, Lord, before you sit down, turn to the person next to you or right behind you and say, good morning. Good morning, Clark. All right, that's enough of that. Go ahead and sit down. I felt like I needed that for some reason. Joys and celebrations. We, we are joyful that you are here. We're joyful that you're worshiping with us online today. We have people all around, all, around, all over the place that worship with us uh, online. And we have discovered how important that is to be able to do that. We also uh, want you to share with us your, your concerns. We love to hear your joys, but we also want to hear about your concerns because we, we sometimes carry a heavy load of grief and sometimes we're, we're not okay. And we need to let other people know so we can pray for each other, and that's important. So you can fill out a, a prayer card. You can go and send something to us online. You can... You can just tell one of us, and not only Pastor Andy and me but, and our staff, but our prayer team will pray for you as well. I invite you to pray with me now. Uh, is, let's bow together. God, it is a, a beautiful day that you have given to us, and we rejoice that you have given us this chance to come together and worship you. And, and Lord, just to experience... The, the power of worship because Lord it's not just about um, the spoken word it's also about how your spirit moves through the liturgy through the sung word through the anthem through all of the ways that you touch our hearts we thank you Lord for that it takes us to a place that we um, we otherwise wouldn't get to go so God, as we worship together today, we realize that um, there are troubles within, troubles without. The burdens we have inside today, we may not share them with anyone out loud, but you know, so we lift them up to you. The trouble outside these doors, not just in our community, but in our country and around the world, and Lord, it's overwhelming the need that we see sometimes. And so sometimes we just have to turn the, the news off because we, we can't take anymore. But God, we ask that you would help us to, to not just be so, so nearsighted that we forget the suffering of the people around us because we need to be the church, not just here in this room, not just in Gadsden, Alabama, but your ambassadors around the world. So use us, Lord, empower us to do that. Teach us today, Lord, to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Catherine is going to take our children to Children's Church right now. She's down here to my left and to your right. And so all our kids are going to go and learn about Jesus and have fun in Children's Church. We're going to sing our hymn of preparation, which is a prayer and a challenge. It is let there be peace on earth. Will you stand together as you're able? Number 431. 
it floods my soul with joy. His music makes my spirit sing and every note employ. I was thinking of a, a word, and I think it's spelled S-P-O-I-L-T. Um, spoilt is what this, uh, this choir and this organist and this pianist is, and our choir director has made this country boy is spoilt. Um, I, I, I love this music. It just doesn't get any better. Um, John chapter 17 is our gospel reading today. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. And you can join me by looking in a pew Bible or by following along, however that you love to follow along. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I gave to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god 30 years ago this last week i joined millions of other people around the country and watched the final episode of cheers anybody ever watch cheers any of you younger folks watch reruns of cheers okay i remember watching the last episode. It was very emotional for me because I felt like I knew those people, right? I had watched the show um, 
for 11 years just a faithful watcher of the show and the characters, Sam and Diane and Rebecca and Woody and Coach and Norm and Cliff and Fraser and Carl, all of those people, I felt like I knew them. I, I know they're just actors, I know that, but I kind of felt like I knew them. I kind of felt like I'd been through stuff because they were going through stuff on the show and I was going through stuff in my life and we just kind of went through it together and this was the end of an era or something, the end of something. And there was a lot of, of course, there's a lot of hype about the final episodes, two hours long, you know, give or take with uh, commercials and everything. And there was a part of me that was thinking, this is, you know, this is so ridiculous. You're a grown man. Why are you getting choked up about the final episode of a TV sitcom? It's not like the world's going to be worse off that there's one less sitcom in the world, you know. I can't help it. I was getting choked up about this. And I did the same thing with MASH, by the way. Um, That's just the way I am. I know they're actors and everything, and I know that the reruns are still around. You can still see them. But still, there was something about it. It was the final episode. It was the end of the era, and there were questions that needed to me and to all of the fans. There were questions that just had to be answered. There were loose ends that had to be tied up. Before everybody rode off into the sunset or wherever actors in Hollywood ride off to, Things had to be settled because I wanted to know what was going to happen to these characters. What was going to happen? We had been through a lot together. You know, we had been through happy times and hard times, and I just wanted to know what's... So this this last episode had a lot of pressure riding on it. It's just, okay, you've got two hours to answer all of my questions and to make me feel okay about this. And this is kind of what I feel like when I, I look at the, the final episode that we get to watch as we read this last discourse of, of Jesus and his disciples in the upper room. It's like a final episode, really. Uh, because the disciples are kind of nearing an end of an era. They don't understand it fully, but we're watching, aren't we? We're watching through the gospel writer this final episode that Jesus would have right before he was crucified. And this was real life. It wasn't a television show. They weren't actors. And Jesus was trying, though, just like this final episode of Cheers was trying to do 30 years ago, trying to answer some questions, trying to tie up some loose ends, trying to prepare them for a future that was going to be really, really different than what they had known. I imagine as they were in that upper room, part of the Passover celebration is always about remembering. You know, you remember the original Passover, how God brought the children out of Egypt with a strong and mighty hand. And there was reminiscing. They were getting together just like every time you have a kind of a family get together, you reminisce. And Jesus was reminiscing with them, but he still had things to teach them didn't he? They had been arguing over which one was the greatest and Jesus got down and washed their old dirty feet to give them an example of servanthood. Um, Jesus said some amazing things. A couple of weeks ago I talked about how Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. But he also said this, I'm not going to leave you orphans. Isn't that something? He said, I'm I'm preparing a place for you. I'm going to receive you there. We're all going to be together in the end. But in the meantime, the Holy Spirit is going to come and be with you and live inside you and give you peace and give you power. Everything that you need, they remembered. And I can imagine Jesus just looking back over the last three years of ministry with this group of people and saying something like, do you... Do you remember when we were outside and, and there were 5,000 people or so gathered and they wanted to hear the message from God about God's will for their life and, and 
you remember it kind of got to be the end of the day and everybody was hungry and, and we didn't know how we were going to feed all of these people. But somehow, somehow they all got something to eat by the hand of God and you thought that was miraculous. And it was, you know, it was. And then do you remember how, well, I was over at Peter's house and people were bringing their, their sick loved ones. They were bringing the people that were tormented with, with demons and they would bring all of these people and by the power of God's hand they were healed and y'all thought that was miraculous and it was. And then do you remember even blind people would come and their sight would be restored and, and people who were, were lame would be brought in on a, on a stretcher and then they would get up and they'd be walking away carrying a stretcher with them and those with, with broken minds and broken just from the daily pressures of life and tormented by demons would be restored to peace and sanity again. Y'all thought that was miraculous, and it was. But then, I can imagine Jesus looking them right in the eye as if to say, brace yourself, here it comes. All of the stuff that you saw me do, even greater works than I did, you are going to do when I'm gone. And maybe he even called them by name as he went around the table and he said, you will feed the hungry. You will give clothing to the naked. You will give sight to the blind and hope for a new day to people that have lost hope. You will give opportunity and peace to those who are in despair. You will give good news to the people. You will do it, these amazing things. You'll do it. So, remembering the past, but also dreaming about the future that they were going to have. And I'm sure their minds were whirling. But there was also a problem. As Jesus could look around the room and see those characters, they were a ragtag bunch of people, I'm telling you. group of characters. He saw that there could be a problem in this final episode. I, it wasn't his own fear and anxiety that was on his mind because he had, he had accepted his father's will. He had even accepted the cross so much so that he said, the work my father has sent me to do, I've already done. Because it was already done in his mind. The problem was with all of those other people sitting around the table because just like, you know, when I asked you to turn around and say hello to all of the people around there, everybody we're looking around, we all got issues, right? Um, I'm not telling you something you don't already know. We're like the disciples, though, because there's great potential for hope and great potential for amazing things and also great potential for conflict and disagreement and misunderstandings and letting little petty things turn into big giant problems and a potential a potential to just literally be torn apart by divisions and Jesus looked and saw all those different personalities all those different ambitions all those different ways of looking at things because if you have two people together then you're going to have three different opinions probably right all those different ways, all of that potential could turn into hostility and enmity and tension and fighting and have them really kind of at each other's throats. Could be. While he was with them, you see, he was the, the glue that held everything together. He was, their love for him was, and their commitment to him held them together um, but after he was gone and not physically there with them anymore, what was going to happen? Don't you think there was tension in that room? There was Matthew sitting there who, who had been a tax collector. And, and I imagine that 
Now, I, I know they were working on, there their were work in progress, but I imagine that kind of still sticking in some of them, some of the crawls of the people is like, that's the tax collector. Well, I know he's not tax collector anymore. He was following Jesus, but he was a tax collector. And then there was Peter. And Peter, at times, he was a solid rock. And at times, he was just childish Gambino, okay? He was, he was prone to putting his foot in his mouth, wasn't he? And he was prone to fits of temper and everything. There was James and John. They were so ambitious and, and hungry for power and influence that they sent their mama to talk to Jesus. And Jesus said, Lord, you know my boys, they're good boys. Could one of them sit on your right and one of them sit on your left and everything, you know? And they're also called the sons of thunder. So I just imagine that they had tempers too. You know, they're fishermen. They're Simon the Zealot. We don't know a lot about Simon, but we know quite a bit about the Zealots. They were, they were fire-breathing revolutionaries, you know? We might even call them terrorists, the zealots. Then there was Thomas, good old Thomas, natural-born skeptic, and then all the others. Without Jesus being physically there with them, could they work together? Well, that'd take a miracle, wouldn't it? So that problem inspired the prayer that we could rightly call the Lord's Prayer. Now, we just said the Lord's Prayer that we all know and love, our Father who art in heaven. We said that one. This is the Lord's Prayer in a different way. This is a prayer that gives us a glimpse into Jesus' heart and what his desire is for his followers, for those that he loved enough to lay his life down for. He prayed. Now notice what he did not pray for them. He did not pray for them that they would never have any problems. Did he? He did not pray that they would never get the flu, arthritis, the heartbreak of psoriasis or anything like that. He didn't pray. He didn't. He didn't pray that they would hit the lottery and all be wealthy and have lots of stuff and live like rock stars. Realizing the tension and the turmoil and the potential for division, Jesus lifted his heart and said this, that we just read in, Father, in verse 11. He said, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you've given to me so that they may be what? One. One in, in what? One in agreeing on everything? One like you and me are one, Father. One in spirit, one in purpose. And then Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says it this way, Jesus took a loaf of bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Does that sound familiar? In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup of new covenant, my blood, do this in remembrance of me. And from that day until this day, whenever we gather and celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember, we remember back then, and we remember what it's going to take to go out from this place and to do what Jesus gave us to do. He said, I'm praying that they will be one. Because Jesus knew without some kind of unity, without that kind of oneness, it would be impossible for them to fulfill their mission and to carry on that ministry and to do what he said they were going to do, which was even greater stuff than he had done after he was gone. He wanted them to turn the world upside down, and they did. They did. But unless they could 
do something besides focus just on themselves, if they could not be one, that wasn't going to happen. So you know what next Sunday is? It's Pentecost Sunday. We have white pyramids, wearing my white stole. Next week we will have red to celebrate Pentecost, uh, remember the fire of the Holy Spirit and the birthday of the church. And we will remember the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, which was the only way they had hope of being one at anything, was one in the Spirit. See, this church that we're going to remember the church's birthday next week was born from a prayer that Jesus prayed for unity to be one. Because without some kind of unity, without that oneness, then the men and the women of the first century church couldn't have turned the world upside down like they did. To the point that even as we speak, even as we speak here in Gaston, Alabama, millions and millions of people around the world are all gathering together, all trying to follow this same Jesus. Jesus saw a problem and Jesus prayed a prayer. I just got one question left for you. Was this really a final episode after all? In the upper room, the, the disciples kind of thought it was when Jesus said he was going away. They thought, okay, well, curtain's going to drop. That's the final episode. But then later, after, after Easter, after Pentecost, they saw that instead of an ending, it was really a beginning, right? Not a final episode at all, but the dawn of a new day, the promise of a new future. No final episode, not even a rerun, but a brand new day. That's what we celebrate when we gather together. Look, we do a lot of remembering and we do a lot of reminiscing and let's just be honest, we still can look around and see a lot of potential for problems, yes, because we still got different opinions. For, for heaven's sake, we just went through a split in our own denominations. If we can't even agree with other Methodists, then what chance do we have to agree with all the hundreds of other denominations? Look, the potential for problems is still there. The differences are still there. But I want us to get a little bit closer to home and think about within our church family. And I ask you a while ago to look around and to, to see each other. And this is coming from a personal standpoint. I feel like we're getting down to the final episode with me here anyway, Pastor Andy. And I've grown to love you and I've grown to learn a little bit about all the different personalities that we have. We got some characters around here, don't we? Yeah. All the different understandings. I've had you in Bible studies and know we, we, we love to look at things, but we don't always look at things the same way. We don't always understand the mission of the church exactly the same. So let me ask you, what do you think Jesus' prayer for us would be for Gadsden First United Methodist Church? Would Jesus pray for us? I pray that you never have a worry. You never have a problem. You never have the flu or the arthritis or the COVID. Do you think he would pray that for us? Nah. I don't even think he would pray that we would hit the lotto and all just be rich and live like rock stars. I think his prayer for us would be exactly the same as it was for his disciples on that evening that he gathered in the upper room with them. The one we read in verse 11, I think he would pray for us, Holy Father, protect these, my people, that you've given to me. May this group of people here in Gadsden, Alabama be one even as we are one because unless we have that unity and the Holy Spirit's the only one that can do it, 
Unless we have that unity, we can't fulfill our mission, which is to share Christ, make disciples, serve and to give hope, right? We can't be the church that Gadsden, Alabama needs for us to be, that our country, that the world needs for us to be. So that's what Jesus' prayer is for us. Our final episode with, with me and y'all will come in about four weeks, but it's not a final episode at all. It's not a final episode at all. Because in the end is also the beginning. At, at the close of one chapter is the opening of another new chapter. Some of you've already had a chance to, to meet um, Pastor Sherry, what a, what a wonderful person she is. What a wonderful family you're going to get to love. And whenever you gather together, no matter who the pastor is, you're going to be experiencing something new. Not a rerun of something old, something new. Whenever you share the Lord's Supper together, you're going to be remembering the old, but you're also going to be thinking about what binds you together is not who is behind the pulpit, it's not the older, it's, it's that love for God and for each other, that unity of the Spirit. Because what the Lord has given to us, what the Lord has done for us, we look to the future. No reruns, no final episodes, all brand new. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I know that it's easy for us to get confused and it's easy for us to get anxious and it's easy for us to get nostalgic. But we don't have time for that. There's too much for us to do. So, by your Holy Spirit, make us one with you and one with each other and one in ministry to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, our closing hymn is going to be number 397. I want to invite you to to stand and sing this with me uh, as you're able to. I also want to remind you that our altar is open if you want to come for prayer. For any reason, let's stand and sing together. 397.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.